on his way to Damascus, it says that there was a flash of lightning around him and he fell to the ground. And a voice came out of heaven saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Jesus identified who he was. He said, you're, you're persecuting me. Paul was also caught up into the third heaven, as it says in Corinthians, and also into paradise. Paul had some intimate encounters with God. He knew the Lord. And I believe that this was his motivation and his strength when he went through the number of beatings that he went through, the shipwrecks that he went through, the imprisonments that he went through. The abiding in him is knowing him. You can't abide in something you don't know. Quite frankly, I've been good at abiding in sin. I know it very well. But I know the Lord. You know him because you trust him, and you trust him because you know him. You endure without yielding. You remain fixed. You conform to him. I haven't been on this earth that long, but I can tell you that in the last 15 years, God, through his church, has been emphasizing intimacy. Prior to that, at least in, in the length of time that I've been a Christian, I didn't hear that. The word intimate is certainly a foreign term to men, and I'm not so sure that women always have a handle on it either. But intimacy is a heart-to-heart relationship. It's looking into somebody's eyes and really saying what you mean. It's, it's being transparent. God has been emphasizing intimacy. I think it's critical to what's coming upon the earth. So how does Jesus want us to see and understand abiding in him? In verse 9, it says that just as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Now, I was thinking about how does the Father love Jesus? And I understand that Jesus knew what was set before him in terms of joy. I also know that according to Revelations, that because he overcame, he has sat down with his Father on his throne. But there has to be something greater than that. And the only way that I can understand how much the Father loves Jesus is by looking at what Jesus did for us through the cross. You know, Jesus did not come on his own initiative. In John 3.16, where it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And in 1 John 4.9, it says that God sent Jesus. So, God so loved the world that he gave his Son. What kind of love is this? Before Jesus came, there is this love this love relationship between him and the Father, a relationship that nurtures and cultivates love. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. It's the Father loving the Son and the Son loving the Father, where the Son willingly abides in the Father's love and initiative 
and comes to earth, a fallen world, to die for you and me, and we are his enemies. We are his sinners. We're the scum of the earth. But there's this love motivation. Jesus is loved by the Father, and he comes to die for us when we were yet his enemies. A love so deep, so wide, so long, it cannot be contained. This is a love that cannot be contained. It overflows. It has to be shared with others. When Jesus says, abide in my love, what he is saying is, I'm inviting you. I was taking a look at this cross up there, and I see these hands out there. And I believe Jesus is saying, I want you to be part of this eternal love relationship between me and my dad. I want you to really know this love. It's a love that goes way beyond human love. It's something that this world and this earth can't come close to. A love demonstrated through the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and my sins. The woman in Luke 7, the woman who unceasingly was kissing Jesus' feet and pouring out expensive perfume on his feet, Jesus says this, For this reason I say to you, Her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much. She got it. She got it. Jesus had forgiven her sins. She saw in that his love for her. She loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. I think the temptation as believers is to take for granted the cross, to take for granted what God has truly done for us. Do you have few sins? Do you love little? I think sometimes people who are radical for the Lord have gotten it. You know, From the world's perspective, we look at prostitutes and drug addicts as the scum of the earth. And they believe it. Quite frankly, we've all sinned. We're all in the same category. But man does judge sin. There are different levels and so forth. And I think when when these people are converted... They get a hold of God and they say, how can a pure and holy God love me, the scum of the earth? How could that happen? And when they understand that he really does love them, has wiped away all their sins, they get it and they're radical for the Lord. Bruce talked about Peter being restored where Jesus asked him three times if he loved him. Obviously something happened. Because it was that love relationship that brought Peter to be crucified. It was that love relationship that brought all the apostles 
to be persecuted and most of them put to death. They got it. It's God's love, it's God's love that helps us see more clearly who God is. And it helps us see more clearly in the circumstances of life. It's love that helps us endure our circumstances. Now, if I have sin in my life, I can't get beyond that. I, I don't see clearly. If I have bitterness in my life, it's hard to see clearly in my circumstances. If I have unforgiveness in my life, it's hard to see clearly in my circumstances. I have the greatest discernment when I'm truly walking and receiving, believing, and knowing God's love. God's love is revealed in his creation. Romans 1.20 says that... Um, his invisible attributes and his nature and who he is is revealed through nature. So man will be without excuse. Now, if you took time this fall to walk in the woods, get up north, whatever, to see the beauty of God's creation, the wonderful colors. My wife says she's the closest to the Lord when she's up north in the lake region. And I understand that. God speaks through his creation. God's love is revealed in a timely word. How many of you have had a timely word from somebody? They call you up out of nowhere or whatever and they say, I've been thinking about you. I feel this is what the Lord is saying. Or they just pray for you. That's God's way of showing his love for people. He shows his love through people, to people. God's love is revealed in a hug. I've got a sore back. I'm going to sit down here a little bit. A number of years ago, I'm sitting down and my granddaughter sits next to me. She looks at me with sincere eyes. Grandpa, she puts her little arms around my neck. She says, Grandpa, I will love you forever. What kind of car do you want for your 16th birthday? <laughs> See, that's God's way of loving us through other people. One day I, I was praying and, and, and I had this, just this enlightenment. Occasionally it happens to me. And, and God was saying, I love to be teased. 
And then I, 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 was, I, I was thinking of uh, Sandy Hodge, and she shared this vision you know, some time ago, and, and I have her permission to share it again, where uh, she pictured herself by this pool of water or a lake, and there was Jesus, and, and uh, Jesus lifts his hands up, and she saw all creation, and, and she saw joy in his face, and Jesus puts his hand down on the water and splashes her, and she splashes him back. What do you think that's bad, that baptismal is for? Jesus loves to be teased. What? I dig you too. I dig you too, Father. Oh, Father, I'm so glad that you are my dad. Thank you that you're, that you're glad that I'm your son. You know, when the Apostle John, at the Last Supper, he's writing in John 13, 23, he says, um, and that, that Apostle was reclining on Jesus' breast, on his chest, How would you like to be that apostle who's leaning on his breast, listening to the Son of God's heartbeat? You can do it now. And then he says, he says, whom Jesus loved. What he was saying is, Jesus really dug me. He really digs me. He really cares for me. He has a great deal of joy that I am leaning on his breast. Now, that doesn't mean that he didn't love the other apostles. It's just that John got it. John understood the love of God. And in that vision that Sandy had, when Jesus was splashing her in that vision, all she saw was joy. God has joy in his creation. You know, in Zephaniah 3.17, it says that he, he exalts over us with joy. Another version says that he dances over us with joy. Have you ever danced with Jesus? In my mind's eye, I have. He's smooth as silk. And I suggest that if you ever dance with him, let him lead. He's very good at it. You know, you and I are very unique. You have fingerprints that no one else has. You have a purpose that no one else has. Does God dig you? You are his favorite. Sometimes God likes playing hide and seek. I'm not going to go into that, but guess who gets to do the seeking? The human mind has been created with the capacity 
to see Jesus not only as Lord, but as your friend. He says that in this, this passage. And in Hebrews it says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. What joy is he talking about? We, at that point, are in darkness. We're his enemies. He saw something beyond that. He saw you and me cleanse through the cross. For the joy set before him, he was excited to be with you and me, his creation, the joy of being with you and me, splashing him in, with water, telling jokes. Behold, I stand at the door, not. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door of the heart, I will come into them and dine with them and he with me. One of the, one of the uh, pleasures that Jerry and I have, is, especially in the summer months, we immediately see the sun coming up at 5.30 in the morning. And it's awesome. Before you see the sun, you see the, the, if there are clouds, you see the, the clouds that are red, and there's different hues of colors. It's just an awesome sight. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come into them, and we will watch the sun rise together. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come into them, and we're going to watch the Vikings game and have Cheetos. <laughs> my God is a very personable God. He's got a great sense of humor. How do I know? Because he made me. In Romans 5, 5, it says, Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have the capacity to receive, understand, comprehend the love of the Father and the Son. The Son and the Father the love before all creation, the love that produced creation, the love that produced you and me. The component, a first component to abiding in him is abiding in his love. The second component is <clears throat> being obedient. In verse 10... If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And then he goes on to say that we should love one another. It's a lot easier to follow that commandment when we truly comprehend his love. It just flows a whole lot easier.
to be rooted, the Apostle Paul prayed, to be rooted in his love, to really know the breasts and the lengths of his love. Matter of fact, this commandment is so important in this particular passage, he repeats it again in verse 17. We need to comprehend and abide his love to love one another, including our enemies. Now, I don't know what political persuasion you are, but I quite often hear that I can't pray for this political leader. I have a hard time doing that. Did you know that you were Christ's enemy at one time? Do you have enemies in your life? God wants us to see it from his perspective. The only thing that set me free is his love. It's his loving kindness that leads me to repentance. Have you ever had the experience of having to be obedient to the Lord and love your enemy? Romans says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I've had that experience, and I've seen it before, where I've had people who irritate a lot out of me. And I've had to obey the Lord. I'm not saying that I get there right away. Sometimes I have to zigzag, but I get there. And I've had the experience of doing what God wants me to do, where that person becomes more of a friend to me. But more importantly through our acts of obedience and loving our enemies, that person someday could be a child of God. That person could be a brother and sister in Christ. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, my words abide in you. I think it's, it's critical that as believers we know the, the word of the Lord. And I believe that God has been trying to get us grounded in his word in the, in the recent five years or so. He wants us to be in his word permanently. He wants us to really know his word. Now some people might say, well, I have a hard time memorizing scripture. If that is the case, then simply meditate on it. Take a verse on a regular basis. It's amazing what God will speak through a verse that you're meditating on. And someday, God may use you because you meditated on that verse to help somebody else. It's critical. It's critical abiding in him and having his words abide in you because whatever you're going to ask needs to be in agreement with the word. And if you don't know the word, you may not be asking the right thing. It's a safeguard for hearing him and doing his will. Whatever you wish or desire, did Jesus do whatever he wished or desired? John 5.19 says, truly, truly. When Jesus says truly, truly, he's got an important point to make to you and me. Pay attention. This is important. I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. 
In verse 30 of chapter 5 of John, it says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. Jesus did not come on his own initiative, and he did not do anything on his own initiative. He says, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And I was just reading this morning out of uh, Oswald Chambers about uh, being in stride with, with the Lord. And it says in Isaiah 42.4 that, and in talking about Jesus, he never failed or was discouraged because he didn't do things from his perspective. He always did it from the Father's perspective. He did the will of the Father. So whatever you wish or desire has to do with our will lining up or surrendering to God's will. When the disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray, he says, Our Father who art in heaven. In the Message Bible, it says, Reveal who you are, Father. Reveal who you are, Father. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As strange as it may seem, your goal and my goal is not to win the lost. Our goal is to do the will of the Father. It is seeking the kingdom of God first in his righteousness and all these other things will be added on. If we're doing God's will, that will follow. And prayer isn't simply getting things from God. As Oswald Chambers says, that's an elementary type of prayer. The purpose of prayer is to know God. Because he knows what we need before we even ask. When we are by ourselves and we get into our prayer closet, our inner room, we close the door, and we pray in secret to the Father who sees in secret, the goal is to know him. The goal is to know Jesus Christ. When Jesus and the disciples, John, James, and Peter, were coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, what a high experience. What a great experience for those three apostles. I mean, they saw Moses and Elijah too. And then they came down, and there was this group of people, and there seemed to be turmoil. And as they saw Jesus, they rushed to Jesus. And Jesus says, what's happening? And they say, we were looking for you. This dad comes and says, I was looking for you, but I couldn't find you. So I spoke to your disciples to cast, if they could cast this demon out of my son. And Jesus says, you faithless, unbelieving generation, how much longer shall I be with you? The point is, is I have been with you. You've been hanging out with me. You don't believe in me because you don't know me. How many of us are hanging out with Jesus and we don't know him? You cannot believe in somebody you don't know. It's really hard. Jesus, why couldn't we cast that demon out? Jesus says, this one only comes out by prayer and fasting. Don't get caught up in the prayer and fasting. What he was saying was this. This type only comes out by you concentrating on me and redoubling your efforts to concentrate on me. It's knowing me. Well, what, what must we do to do the works of God? This is the work of God, 
Believe in him whom he has sent. It's prayer is being in perfect fellowship and oneness with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one that moves mountains. He's the one that heals. When you're in that, that oneness with him, things happen. God is saying, focus on me. Not your circumstances. Focus on me. Did Jesus have a prayer list? Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Because Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send out laborers into his harvest. Father, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one, Father, so the world may believe that you have sent me. He did nothing on his own initiative and could do nothing of himself unless it's something he saw the Father doing. Oswald Chambers says, we pray religious nonsense without even involving our will. I can tell you from experience, it's pretty easy to come to Jesus in the morning with my prayer list. Oh, especially the ones I love. <laughs> There's a lot of hurting people. There's a lot of hurting people next to me. I, I pray for them, you know, and I feel so good when I have prayed. I, I feel that I have really accomplished something. But have I really asked for anything? Have I laid my will down and prayed the Father's will for today? So what is God's will in this particular passage? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. In verse 16, he says, you know, you didn't choose me. I chose you. That in itself is special. Think about that. He chose you and me. He says, then, I have appointed you to bear fruit. Therefore, ask. This whole thing is framed by fruit. Christ has appointed you and me to bear fruit, and fruit that remains. Whatever you ask, whatever you desire, has to do with bearing fruit in our lives. Psalm 62.1 says, My soul waits in silence for God. Not his blessings. Not his ear. My soul waits in silence for God only. Sometimes silence bothers people.
Jesus loves me this I don't be quiet oh, 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 Hosanna, ah, ah. be quiet I sing a lot of old songs and I retain the old songs new songs are really great but I don't retain them I think that part of the brain is fried right now I wait for you in silence, God. You only. Gee, I wonder if I did that right yesterday. That one application. Quiet. It takes faith to be quiet before the Lord. Because you got things you want to talk to him about. But in silence, he embraces you. You sense his presence. You get immersed in his presence. A disciple needs to be disciplined to wait in silence for God only. So what's going to bear more fruit? My prayer list or asking Jesus, what would you have me do today? This is a big thing. Matthew 25, 23, the parable of the talents. There are three servants. One gets five talents, one gets two, and one gets one. What he says to the slaves that got five and two talents is the same thing. Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Luke 19, chapter 19. This is the parable, and Jesus, this is Jesus talking. There are ten slaves. The nobleman is going to go away, but he gives each of the slaves a minna. It's a coin. The first one comes back, and he says, Look what I have done. I have invested, and I have got ten more. And Jesus says that the nobleman says this, Well done, faithful slave. You have been faithful in a very little thing. He didn't say little thing. He said a very little thing. You can be an authority over ten cities. Jesus was saying this, Being faithful in the ordinary little things of life there are great rewards. He puts a strong emphasis on being obedient in the ordinary things of life. I've been trying to practice what I'm preaching. As imperfect as I am, I've had some success. One day I was praying and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And it was very clear that he wanted me to go pray for somebody. And I said, well, Lord, I just prayed for them the other day. It's like my flesh gets in the way and says, I don't want to do this. But I understand the importance of being obedient. So as the day went along, I finally got a hold of that person. And after I was done praying for her, she said, you don't know how important this is, how this brings peace to my life. You don't know how this clarifies things. My question to you, did I bear fruit that day? 
a very little thing. I'm working on a hundred cities, maybe more. One day I said, Lord, what would you want me to do? He said, I want you just to enjoy the day. I thought, gee, I wonder if this is my last day. <laughs> no, just kidding. That's hyperbole. Um, so that day was a very challenging day. I had a lot of stuff going on, but that came to my mind over and over and over. Enjoy the day in spite of the circumstances. Now, whether I bared fruit, sometimes you can't see it. But I was obedient to the Lord. God wants us to be faithful in a very little thing. And there are great rewards for being faithful in a very little thing. Some people say, I don't hear the Lord. Doubt is good if it leads you to the word, if it strengthens your faith, if it helps you examine what you believe in. But if you stay in doubt, you've got a problem. James 1.6 says, but let him ask in faith without doubting. My suggestion is, go back to abiding in the Lord. Find out about this love of God. It's so critical. It's so critical. It's, it's what's going to get you through your circumstances. It's going to get you to the end point that the purpose of God will be accomplished in your life like the apostles. It's the love motivation. Get saturated in his love. Understand the love of the Father for the Son. And the love of the Son for the Father. And Jesus says, abide in this love. Because in Galatians 5, 6, it says that faith worketh through love. Love helps you see more clearly. Some people say, I still have a problem. Well, then take a look at your motivation for what you're praying. James 4.3, if you ask and you have not received because you ask with wrong motives. Now, if Jesus is telling me when I ask him in the morning, what do you want me to do? And he says, I really want you to go out of your way and bless this person. There's going to be great rewards. Versus me saying, Lord, help me to figure out how I can really bless this person so I can get what I want. Examine your motives when you pray. And of course, if you're asking the Lord for his will, I mean, it's pretty pure. Listen to what he's saying. And does it line up with the word? And sometimes we don't hear because there's a point of disobedience. Go back, ask God, say, Lord, is there a point of disobedience in my life? Because why would he tell you anymore if you didn't listen to him two days ago, three days ago. And then repent, and he'll show you more. John 14, Jesus says this, He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me shall be loved by the Father, and I will love him, and I will disclose myself to him. I will manifest myself to him. I will show myself to him. If there's anybody that I want to know more and have more disclosed, it's Jesus Christ. And it's being obedient to his commandments in which he has promised to show more of who he is to each of us. 
God wants you and me to bear fruit, and fruit that remains. The Psalm 24, Psalm 20, verse 4, the psalmist says this, May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. I tell you what, I want all of us to finish well. And I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servants. Steve, you can be an authority over a thousand cities. I'm in. God's desire is for you and me to bear fruit. We will sing for joy over your victory, and in the name of our God, we will set up banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would strengthen each person here according to your riches and glory, with power through thy spirit in them, that Jesus Christ would dwell in their heart through faith, and that each of us, being rooted and grounded in your love, may comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, to know, to know, to know the love of Christ, which surpasses our understanding that each of us would be filled up with the fullness of God. That's his desire. And his desire also, in verse 10, if you didn't see it up there, is that you would have his joy. And your joy would be made full. God, I believe this is an hour where you want us to truly know the love, that love relationship, that eternal love relationship between the Father and the Son and the Son and the Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you have invited us to abide in that love. That our prayers would be fruitful. That your will be done, almighty God. That the Father would be glorified because we bear much fruit and prove to be your disciples. That many, many people will come into your kingdom because we are doing your will. Father, I pray today, help us to be your disciples. Disciplined to ask you, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Lord, I pray that we have ears to hear, hearts that are obedient, because we know you, we know your love. We know and believe in you, your love, deeper love, Father. I pray for deeper understanding of your love, the love that's so deep that you sent Jesus Christ to die for us, through his crucifixion, death, and resurrection, we have your life, your love forever. Father, we love you forever. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Thank you. Have a great day. Abide in his love.